this series of the assurance of God's presence. This is sermon number four. Today we are moving on to uh, the word of he's my salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Hallelujah. We made it off of light. That's something to shout about. But I think I got a word for you today that's going to bless you. So join in with me as we read Psalms 27 verse 1 out of the New King James. And it reads as such in our hearing. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? This morning we're going to deal with Jesus our deliverance. Jesus, our deliverance. Let us pray. Father, even now as we come to you, as we pour out our hearts to you, Lord, use me in a way in which you receive the glory. Hide me behind your Shekinah glory. Hide me behind the cross. Lord, help them hear you. Help them see you. Encourage us in your word. Allow your word to, to, to build up our faith that we may stand on you through no matter what we face. Lord, even now, increase the anointing. Lord, even now, pour out through the airways. Pour out through life stream. Pour out through you, you too. Lord, Pour out, because you're just that type of God. Father, even now, have your way, and we will forever give you the praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Hallelujah. Here David is, and he is running from King Saul. He is running for his life. But yet, David has the ability to see his life through his promise and not through his circumstances. His circumstances is bad. His circumstances looks like he's going to die. His circumstances look like it's all evil. But yet, David has the ability to allow what God promised to be greater than what he was going through. My brothers and sisters, my first question is, how did David get such faith? How is David doing this? Because many of us want God to always correct our circumstance when God wants us to believe him at his word and take him at his promise. And that will enable us to walk through, run through, have stepped over, walk over our problems. There's always going to be problems. There's always going to be trouble. We sit between Satan, who is trying to steal, kill, and deceive us, and God, who wants to bless us. Satan, who's always going to bring trouble and problems, and God, who's always speaking promises, who always saying, my character, my character does not change. God is still in the midst of every situation, and David sees this. David understands this. My question 
is. How, David? What makes you different? What is it about you that trouble is all around you and here you are talking to yourself about what God is going to do in your future? Here you are and you're trusting God at his promise and at his word. What makes him different? What enables him to stand? My brother and sister, I believe if we learn this, if we get this, that we be able to stand against whatever the devil throw at us, that we would still talk faith. We still have a joy. We still will have a dependency on God that will keep us in spite of. I don't know about you, but I need this. I need this in my life. Listen, he says, salvation in the Hebrew means that the Lord is my deliverance. He's my saving. He's my safety. Listen, he's my prosperity. David, what are you doing talking about prosperity in the time of trouble? How is it you are in the desert running and you are proclaiming, confessing out of your mouth the power, the provision, the promise of God for you? You see what nobody else sees. You see it through your spirit. David understood the character of God. My brothers and sisters, God is not a man that he should lie. God even says in his word, I put my word before my name. What he's saying is, I'm a God of my word. I will do exactly what I say I'm going to do. David also knew that God is almighty, which means that, that God, can't nobody stop his purpose. Can't nothing stop him from doing what he says he's going to do. You can't stop him. I can't stop him. The devil can't stop him. The government can't stop him. When God says he's going to do something, he will move everything and everyone out the way just to bless you. David understood that. Hold on. Can, can I go a step farther? God is not a respecter of person. He's not just going to do it for David. He wants to do it for you and I. But he wants us to trust him. I told you before that our battle is always a faith battle. A faith, do we trust the character? Do we trust the person? Do we trust the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what the devil throw at us, no matter what happens, can you stand flat-footed and say, Lord, I don't like where I'm at. I don't like what I'm going to go through. But you have given me a promise in my spirit. You have confirmed it with your word, and I trust you. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know I'm talking to somebody. How is it that John 10, 10 gives us two outcomes? There are two opposing forces that are working against us. It shows, first of all, Satan's mission statement against every human being 
because God loves us. He comes, listen, he's a thief. Him being a thief means he has no right. He has no right to take what God has given us, which means that we have to leave a crack. You know, you know what happens is this, that the closer you get to the Lord, the less wiggle wound you have. When you know the truth, you need to walk in the truth. When you don't walk in the truth that you know, it creates a crack that the devil can sneak in. <clears throat> when Satan sees you don't got your guard up, you don't have your faith up, that you have walked out from under the protection of God, you better believe he's going to throw everything he can because your faith then is low. I'm learning. What I'm learning in is this. To keep my faith up high so when the attack comes, I can be like David. The Lord is my light. He's my illuminator. He's the one who has given me vision. He gives me understanding. And the Lord is my salvation. He's my deliverance, my deliverer, my safety, my prosperity. Matter of fact, he's our future. Hallelujah. Do not allow your present situation to determine how high you can fly. Do not allow what's going on right now to stop you from believing God for your future. I, 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 I believe that, that the greater the purpose you have in you, the greater the trouble you're going to have. When God has already placed in you great purpose, great things that he wants you to do, the devil get a glimpse of it, and he starts before you born to bring trouble in your life so that you won't have the confidence to trust God for what he wants to bring out of you. Hallelujah. Listen, our God is an awesome God. Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. Here he is and he talks to Jeremiah, and Jeremiah feels like that he's too young to do what God has told him to do. He feels like he don't have the ability. And God says, before the foundation of the world, I had already ordained you a prophet to the nation. Don't tell me what you can't do. Don't tell me what I can't do through you because I have already ordained it before you was born. Hallelujah. There's an anointing. There's an, or, an or, ordination and ordaining on you that nobody can stop you but you. Nobody can stop you from rising up. Listen, you don't have to have a lot of people believing in you. Matter of fact, the more anointed you are, the more enemies you're going to have because they're jealous of your favor. Hallelujah. David, David is saying this against all odds. When you look at David's life, here he is. He grows up the youngest of, of eight brothers, and here he is. Nobody sees him as much. Matter of fact, 
when, when Samuel comes to anoint one of Jesse's sons king, David is forgotten about. David is tending sheep. And when all the brothers passed before Samuel, Samuel said, it's none of these. And he asked Jesse, is there anyone else? Jesse even called David to the table. And he said, I got one, but he's tending sheep. <coughs> tending sheep. And he wasn't even called to the table, but he was the one. Listen, listen, you may not look like the one, hallelujah. It may not appear as though you're the one right now, but when God says, I got my hand on you, I got purpose on you, I'm calling you, I'm going to raise you, I'm going to bless you, believe him when nothing else says so. Just his word is enough. Just his promise is enough. Wait on it. Wait till God gets ready to lift you because when he lifts you can't nobody stop you when he delivers you when he blesses you god has his hands on you matter of fact start saying it before you see it david is saying it before he sees it he's confessing it faith is that i will speak what god says i will say what god says about me against the current, against what everybody else is saying, against whatever was happening in my life. I believe what God says. My brother and sister, I hate to say this, but I got to say this. That's faith. Faith is when you believe God against all odds. I got a question. Have what God already brought you from, has it increased your faith? Have you allowed what you have already experienced? Because God will always show himself before he asks you to believe him. He already has done enough in your life that you should know he's good. You should know he loves you. You should know he's faithful. It is, it is Psalms 103 Verse 7, they don't have it. It says this, he showed Moses his ways, but the children of Israel knew his acts. This is what he's saying. He said, Moses experienced the same thing as the rest of the children of Israel, and only three of them allow it to increase their faith. Moses, Joshua, and Caleb. Because when it came time to walk into the promised land, those three said, we are able, because our God is able. Those three wanted to go forth, but all the rest of the Israelites said, we can't. We look like grasshopper in our own eyes. Did you know that they experienced the ten plagues in Egypt? They saw the miracles of God. They saw God's deliverance. They saw God open up the Red Sea. They saw God closing on the Egyptians. And now they still don't believe God for their future. Does your past help you believe God for your future? What God has done for you, does it not increase you in what God will do, can do, has already done for your future? Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, 
verse 1 through 3. Here the Hebrew writer is really talking about what I, I have just said. He says to them that the promise that God had given them, it was already done. It was already done. It was already complete. He said from the foundation of the world, it was already complete. All they had to do was step into it. Step into it. Verse 1 said, therefore, the promise of entering his rest, which was the promised land, still remains and is freely offered today. Let us fear in case any of you may seem to come short of reaching it or think he has come too late. What he's saying is, listen, God's promises is already done. He's not, he don't have to go back and redo it. Matter of fact, the things he has already told you and showed you is already done in God. The problem is, is this. God doesn't work on our timetable. God steps out of time while we work in time. The blessing and the promises God has for you is already done. Say that with me. They're already done. Then now what happens is you have to keep walking in faith and catch up to what God has already done out of time, but it's not time yet, but it's getting ready to be time. And when you get there, you're going to see what God already did before the foundation of the world. Our God is just that awesome of a God. We work in time. God works out of time and gives us moments, moments. We have a set time to get to where he's taking us. Until then, keep your eyes on the promise. Keep praising him. Keep blessing him. Keep lifting him up. Keep encouraging yourself. Keep knowing that God is your deliverance. Jesus is not only have deliverance, he is our deliverance. My fact is already done. Press through. Press on. Believe him for what you can't see yet, for what you don't have yet. But if he said it, it's already done. Hallelujah. 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 I know I'm speaking to somebody. I'm speaking to somebody who's almost ready to give up. I'm speaking to somebody who wants to throw in the towel. But God is saying to you today, don't give up. You're almost there. When it happens, you're going to know it's me. It's not by your wisdom. It's not by your skills. It's not by your ability. It's by the power of the Lord. He is able to do that. What he has done for others, he will do for you. He is not a respecter of person. He blesses those who trust him, though it's hard. David waits somewhere between 13 and 15 years before the promise comes. And all that time, he had trouble. But God was dropping handfuls of blessing along the way, reminding David, it's coming. The promise is coming. 
It's not time yet, but keep your eyes on me. I will deliver you. I will bring forth what I showed you. I will do what I spoke to your spirit. I know it don't feel like it. I know it doesn't sound like it. I know everything is working against you, but I am working for you. He's more than a world against us. Hallelujah. Hey, listen, 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 listen. What I'm learning is in the valley where God prepares us for the blessing. It's in the desert that God makes us fortified and strong. Peter, first Peter, talks about our faith being like pure gold. I, I asked the question, why gold? Why fire? Why does he use this illustration? Well, gold is the only metal that no matter how much you heat it up, it doesn't break down. Gold is gold is gold. Now, the impurities that's not gold will rise to the top and you slag it off. But if it's gold, gold will melt, but gold doesn't burn. Hallelujah. And what he's saying is, is that your real faith, if your faith is real, no matter how hot it gets, no matter how hard it gets, real faith will stand the test of time. Even in the fire, when it's being stretched, when it's being purified, he said real gold gets purified, gets stronger, becomes more precious, becomes more valuable in the fire. That's some things that you've been through that is keeping you now. Based on what you've been through, you're able to withstand where you're at now because it increased your faith to be able to withstand, trust God, to stand on God based on what you've been through. You know he's good. You know he's mighty. You know he's a keeper. You know he's a healer. You know he's a way maker. Why? Because you have experienced him in your life and you have allowed it to increase your faith. You believe more now because of what you've been through. Told somebody the other day, I would not be the person I am today if it had not been what I've been through. I have allowed what I've been through to help mold me and shape me and break me because without the breaking, I wouldn't be able to trust God. But God is up to something. Let me speak into somebody's life. God is up to something in your life. Wherever there is a great breaking, there's a great blessing. Job, Job, help us here. Job says in Job 42, 1 and 6, in the Message Bible, he says, he answers God. He says, I am convinced you can do anything and you can do everything. Hallelujah. I want to know, is there anybody out there convinced that God can do anything? He can do everything. There's no one that can upset his plans. 
Uh, we need to hear some amens on that. If God got purpose on you, if God got a plan for you, can't nobody, say that with me, can't nobody stop God's plan for you. Hallelujah. Look, 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 can I help you? Can I help you? There's some people you need to shake off. You can't take everybody with you where God is taking you. So some folks don't want you to go because they're not willing to go. They're not willing to do what you're willing to do for God. So what you do don't mean you don't love them, but it means that I can't allow you to hold me back. You may want to sit here, but I've got to go. You don't understand. It's in my spirit. i got to move forward. i got to be what God has placed in me. If you're satisfied right here, that's good for you, but it's not good for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Joseph, based on all that I've been through, I, I know nobody can stop you. You are God Almighty, all-knowing, omnipresent, all by yourself. Next verse. He goes on to say, he said, you asked who is in the who is muddying the water. He said, he said, my questions are muddying your plans. Forgive me, Lord. He said, ignorantly confusing the issue. Lord, I thought it was about this. And it was all about that. You know, sometimes we think we're too smart. <laughs> and sometimes we go ahead of God and we think it's about this issue and it's about something totally different than the fight we're fighting. Sometimes we're fighting the wrong fight. Sometimes we're facing the wrong call. But God's purpose is greater than what we see. And until God gives us illumination and purpose in it, we need to wait till he says something. Wait till he shows us. Wait till he directs us. Hallelujah. 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 Go back. Go back. Go back. I didn't finish that. I didn't finish that. Go back. Go back. Go back. Let me pick up something else in that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, he said, he said, I admit it. I was one <laughs> babbling all about things. Uh, I was talking about things that I don't understand. Lord, 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 I was making small talk. But your wonders is beyond my understanding. Sometimes we just need to wait till God show us more. We need to get quiet in his presence and know that he is God. Know that he's up to something. No, he got a plan. No, he's painting a picture that is beyond us. Hallelujah. Next verse, next verse, next verse, next verse. He said, he said, you told me, listen, and let me do the talking. Let me ask the question. And you give the answer. He said, Lord, when you start talking back, I shut up. Have God ever shut you up? <laughs> Have God ever made you get quiet? Have God ever, when you were doing all this talking because you thought you knew it all, but God would say two or three words and shut you up, and you start saying, sorry, I'm sorry. Don't, 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 don't begin to say this. 
And I love Job because his faith was so strong. Job is the same one that said, you know, naked I came into her world, naked I shall die. Blessed be the Lord. What type of faith is that? He had a knowledge of God beyond most of our knowledge because most of the time we accuse God of doing us wrong. Don't tell me I'm the only one that has ever done that. Don't tell me I'm the only one that has doubted God before. Then Job find himself not understanding the greatness of what was happening to him. The greatness of what was happening was Job, but God was using Job as a testimony of his goodness. He shut Satan up. He shut the demons up. Well, can, can God brag on you? Can God use you as a testimony of someone who don't know but still will keep the faith even though you're going through the storm and the hurt? Can God let all the angels and the demons look at you and say, look at my daughter, look at my son, look at them, trust me. I, I allow the devil to throw everything at them and look at them still praising me. Look at them still lifting up holy hands. Look at him still calling on my name. Look at him. And it shuts the devil up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, I don't know about you, but, but I, want, I want to learn what Job learned. Job knew the character and trust the character of God. He trusted him. David is trusting God. And he speaks into the future. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, but without faith it's impossible to please God. God said the only thing that I'm asking you to grow is the seed of faith I placed in you. I'm not impressed by your knowledge. I'm not impressed by your works. I'm impressed that if everything you do is undergirded by faith. Because if faith is not part of it, it's no good. We can do church activity. We can do church works and be operating out of the flesh and God says, unacceptable. There will be no reward for it. He said, Unless you're operating in relationship and trusting me and leaning and depending on me, allowing me to work through you, unless my love is flowing through you, all that we do, don't, he don't care how well I preach. He really doesn't. He cares whether I'm preaching out of the spirit of love, rather than operating out of his spirit. Are you operating out of his spirit? Because if it's not God in you, flowing through you, God says, it's not of me. Hallelujah. Listen, 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 listen. Listen to Paul, and he says this in Ephesians 1:18. It's a prayer. He said, having your eyes flooded with light illumination, so that you can know and understand the hope, the, the, 
the, the vision, the expectation for which you've been called. You need to say, I, I, I got a calling on me. I got a purpose on me. And my calling and my purpose can't be seen right now. But it's greater than what I am. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm almost done. Watch this. He said, he said the fulfillment of your life is you walking in your purpose and your calling in relationship with him. He has blessings and has an inheritance as you walk your way. Listen, we got a testimony of how good God is. And the devil is going to accuse you. Revelation chapter 11 says that the devil accuses us. But what he said, that we overcome that fallen angel by the blood of Jesus and by the testimony of our mouth. I have accepted him. I am washed in the blood. He has kept me. He is blessing me. I walk with him every day. And though I fall sometimes, I get back up. Hallelujah. He's my deliverance and my deliverer. He's my, he's my go-to. He's my talk-to. He's my everything. I find myself hiding behind his tabernacle. He's everything I need him to be in the time of trouble. I call on him. I cry to him. I seek his face. He comes see about me. He don't have to change my situation, but my spirit overflows with joy. My spirit overjoyed with happiness because I know he's a tent around me. He's a guardian around me. He's my deliverance and my deliverer. He's everything. He's everything. He's everything I need him to be. In the time of trouble, I call him. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? When you're covered by the blood, when you know you're wrapped up in his love, you know without a shadow of a doubt he's your deliverance, your keeper, your way maker. His name is Jesus. He came to save you, to deliver you, and to walk with you all the days of your life. There's a prayer number that you can call, 513-400-5131. He's waiting on you. He's already done it. He already fixed it. He's waiting on us to trust him. Father, even now, thank you for being our deliverance. Thank you for being our deliverer. Thank you for being our life, our absolute life. Lord, the truth of the matter is, all that we have is you. But when we give it to you, we have everything that you have. Lord, you said that the same power that you extended towards Jesus to raise him up out of the dead, out of the grave in a, in a re resurrected body 
the same power you extend towards us to keep us in all time. I don't know why you love us so much. I'm just glad that you do. I don't know why you love us, not because of us, but in spite of us. You chose us. You elected us. You picked us out before the foundation of the world. Lord, we worship you. We praise you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, touch even now as people all over are listening to my words. Allow your Shekinah glory to fall on them. Let them sense your presence, your love. Let them experience your deliverance. Lord, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, there's power in your name. There's power in your name. Lord Jesus, just touch even now where miracles will happen under the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We love you. We lift you up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. See you next week. Thank you for joining us. God bless you.